Hello everyone, it's another beautiful day, the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We choose to rejoice and be glad in the day that the Lord has made. It is Adeni Kedada bringing God's word to you today. Now, um, our main text for today is taken from the book of Proverbs chapter 4 from verse 20. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20 all the way to verse 22, and I read the King James Version. It says, My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. So you can title today's message, Attend to God's word. Attend to God's word. In the world today, there are so many things happening that can cause fear. So many things happening. So it is very important that we attend to the word of God. So many distractions in the world. So many voices in the world that bring fear, that bring commotion, that bring chaos. But we are told to attend to the word of God. That's the first thing. What does it mean to attend? To attend to something means to be present, to listen or give care or attention to something. Attending to God's word. When you're attending to a matter, you're leaving every other thing behind and going straight to whatever thing you have to do. That's what it means to attend to something. That is, every other thing will not matter, but the thing you want to attend to, you give your full focus is going to be on that thing. We are told to attend to the word of God. In this life, in this day and age, God's word is the only thing that will, the only word that will never fail. Every other thing will fail. The world system is failing, but the word of God stands sure, it's forever. So that is the only dependable word we can attend to. We can rest on the word of God. It stands sure. It's forever. It's faithful. Attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. That's what the word of God says. We should incline our ear. What does it mean to incline your ear? It means to listen intensely and receptively. There is a way to listen. When someone is talking, for example, if you're listening to talk back, then you're not really listening because you want to give an answer. Someone is talking, you're already thinking of the answer you're going to give the, um, to the person. That's not the kind of listening we're talking about here. That is not what it means to incline thine ear. To incline thine ear means you give your full attention to what you're listening to. You listen intensely and receptively. Nothing else matters but that thing you're focused on, but that thing you're paying attention to, you want to hear, you want to know, you want to note every single thing without leaving anything um, out. So you incline thine ear. There are so many voices, like I said before, in the world today. What are you listening to? What are you tuning to? That is very, very important. That goes a long way to telling you how the quality of life you're going to live. If all you hear is fearful words, 
If, if all you hear is sickness and disease, if all you're listening to is death, is all, if all you're listening to is how um, something is happening, that is happening, chaos and all sorts of things, destructions, then you're in for trouble. Incline an ear unto my sayings. So we need to be intentional about attending to the word of God and inclining our ears unto his sayings. He says again, let them not depart from thine eyes. That's verse 21. Let them not depart from thine eyes. That is, you fix your gaze on God's word. We need to fix our gaze without looking, without being distracted. So many things are coming to try to get your focus off the word. But we need to intentionally put our gaze on the word of God. The Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and completer, the author and finisher of our faith. So nothing else matters but the word, fully engaged, intentionally giving your time to the word, feeding on the word of God constantly. Because man is a spirit, like I always say, like the Bible says, Man is a spirit or a human being is a spirit who has a soul and lives in a body. So our spirit is the most important part of our being. That is the core of our being, our spirit. So it is very, very essential that you feed your spirit with God's word. And you renew your mind. As you are feeding your spirit, you are renewing your mind. You are changing the way you think. You are no longer conformed to this world, like the Bible says. But you are being transformed by the renewing of your mind. The renewing of the mind is, is a lifetime process. It's not a one-time, one-off thing. You continue to renew your mind. As you do that, you are being transformed from one level of glory to another. You're being transformed, renewing your mind. The Bible says, let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Your heart is the core of your being. Your heart is your spirit. And he says in verse 22, for they are life unto those that find them. God's word is life. There is death all around the world because the devil is the God of this world. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, that the devil is the God of the world. Adam, the first man, sold out to the devil. So the devil has a legal right to be in the world now. But you have a right to stop him from getting into your affairs as a child of God. You have a right to stop him, stop the devil in his tracks. That no, you're not coming here. No trespassers allowed. It is your right as a child of God to keep the devil away from everything and anything that concerns you. God's word is life and medicine. Another version says life and medicine to all our flesh from the crown of our heads to the soles of our feet. God's word is medicine. You might not be there yet. Maybe there is something in your body that you, you're, you've been told by the doctor that um, maybe you have um, this, you have that. There is nothing bad in taking medicine. If the doctor has prescribed medicine for you, there is nothing bad in taking it. It's not a sin because the, we are fighting the same um, devil, the, same, uh, the doctors are fighting the same devil that we Christians are fighting as well. 
So it's not a sin to use medicine, but don't rely on medicine. Let medicine not be the final authority over your life. Don't let what the doctors say be the final authority over your life. Let the word of God be the final. Whatever God has said in his word, let it be the final. Decide. It is a choice you have to make for yourself that God's word is a final authority over my life. No matter what I see, no matter what I hear, no matter how I feel, I choose to make the word of God final authority over my life. So as you're using the medicine you've been given by the doctor, you keep feeding on the word of God concerning your health. That The Bible says, by whose stripes ye were healed. So healing belongs to you as a child of God. So you take the medicine and you consistently feed on God's word until you're, um, you're gotten off of the medicine you're taking by the doctor. Okay, attend to my word, incline my, thine ear to my sayings, let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life to those that find them, and health or medicine to all their flesh. Another version, I'm going to read the, the Passion Translation, says, Listen carefully, my dear child, to everything that I teach you, everything, and pay attention to all that I have to say. Feel your thoughts. Feel your thoughts, very important, with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. We've talked about how to meditate. You roll over the word of God in your mind over and over. You mortify to yourself, like the, we talked about um, how the, go, um, the, the cow chews the cord. You roll it over and over until it penetrates deep into your spirit. And it takes over your being. Verse 22. Then as you unwrap my words. They will impart true life. And, read, and, read, um, and health. Radiant health. Into the very core of your being. Into the very core of your being. The Bible says to fill your thoughts. With God's word. That is part of renewing your mind as well. Your mind is a part of your soul. What are you thinking about? We ought to think about the word of God. What has God said concerning you? That's what you should roll over and over in your mind and not what is happening, the chaos that is around the world today. Like I said before, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, that Satan is the God of this world. Are we going to have distractions? Yes, because Satan is in the world. He's going to try to throw every dart at you. Guess what? Satan is not going to come and say, Oh, I'm Satan with two horns and maybe a fork or something. No, that's not how he's going to come. He comes with thoughts. That's the way he normally comes, with thoughts. The Bible says we are not unaware of the devices of the devil. But we are not to be afraid of the devil. No. What is the devil's mission? The devil's mission is in John 10, 10. John chapter 10, verse 10. The Bible says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and kill and destroy. The thief there is the devil. That's his mission. To steal, to kill, and to destroy. But thank God, the Bible says, Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. 
do you have the life of God in you? Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Then you are a new creation. Good news. The devil cannot lord it over you. Don't let the devil take advantage of you. So how do we handle the devil? There's a Bible-sized devil that is a defeated devil. Man or human being loves to go into extremes. There is one extreme of there is no devil. And there's another extreme of everything, the devil, everything. Oh, demons, you demon, you fall down. You No, we should be balanced. There is a Bible-sized devil. Yes, there is a devil. But guess what? He is a defeated foe. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 2 verse 15 that and haven't spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. And Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 says, who have delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. We have been delivered from the authority of the devil. We are not only delivered, we have been translated into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of Jesus, the kingdom of God's dear son. So the devil can no longer lord things over us. The devil can no longer throw sickness at us. As children of God, we have authority. The Bible says we are seated together with Christ in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power, might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. The Bible says we are seated with Christ. So we should operate from a place of dominion, operate from a place of victory, knowing fully well that we have authority in Christ Jesus. He has given us his name, the name that is above every name. We have the name of Jesus. The devil is scared to death of that name. And thank God we have the name. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8, it says, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom to devour. He just likes to roam and just walk around, seeking whom to tear down, seeking whom to take advantage of. But don't let him take advantage of you. But he likes to take advantage of people that don't know who they are. If you don't know who you are in Christ, then the devil can come and chance you. There's that word chance that we use in um, my secondary school way back then. You know, seniors, um, 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 students that are higher in class than their juniors, they normally go to their juniors and just take what they have by force without any consent. Whether you like it or not, I want that. Get me water is like uh, <laughs> a military thing. You know, that's chancing. Just taking what belongs to you without your consent. That's what the devil tries to do. That's what the devil tries to do. But we should not let him. Don't let the devil take advantage of you. Resist him. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says, whom resist? Verse, um, um, verse 9. First Peter, Peter chapter 5 verse 9 says, whom resist? That's the devil. Steadfast in the faith. Steadfast. Very important in the faith. Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. The devil tries to, he loves to try to paint a picture that, ah, yeah, the only one going through this kind of a thing. No, it's a common thing. He's been around for quite a while, so he knows how to play his silly games. Don't let the devil take advantage of you. How do you handle him? We've said that we have authority over the devil, so take your stand. 
Stand your ground. Stand your ground on the word of God. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they are not of flesh and blood, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Verse 5 says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's the technique, that's the style the devil tries to use. He throws thoughts. He comes with a thought. Just like he, um, he told um, um, Eve in the Garden of Eden. He normally tries, he go, comes with a thought saying something against what the word of God has said. As God said, are you sure? Are you really sure? This was what happened in your family. Your uncle, the same thing happened to them. I was told of a man, or I read of a man that in his family, each nobody got up to age 40. When they are reaching age 40, they died. And it was getting, the man was nearing age 40. And he started feeling those symptoms that his family members would feel before they died. But guess what? He remembered that he was a new creature in Christ Jesus. And he took his stand against the devil. If he had not done that, he would have died like the other people. He would have. But thank God we have authority. Thank God we know who we are in Christ Jesus. The Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. If you're born again, you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you have authority over the powers of darkness. Then you have nothing to fear. The Bible says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. When thoughts, when the devil is bringing thoughts to your mind, don't try to think another thought over the thought the devil is bringing. No, you speak the word of God. You speak the word. What has God said concerning it? No, I take my stand against this. The Bible says, for God has not given me the spirit of fear. I refuse to be afraid. I refuse to give in to fear. He's going to try to mount pressure. But what do you do? Whatever thing you're filled with, that is what is going to come out under pressure, just like a sponge. Whatever thing you fill a sponge with, when you squeeze the sponge, that is what is going to come out. So what are you feeding yourself with? Attend to my word, saith the Lord. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Don't be distracted by the happenings in the world. Don't let fear grip you. No, you hold on to the word of God. With the tenacity of a bulldog, knowing fully well that God can never fail. He is faithful and just. He is a good God. He is a good God that loves us so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God has given us all to enjoy, but it is our choice to make. You make up your mind. What do you want? God is not going to force himself on you. Some people might ask, how come God is just watching things happen? Yeah, because he's given man, he gave man dominion over the earth and man sold out to the devil. Now the devil is legally here 
Until Adam's lease runs out, the devil is here legally. So he has a right to be here. And thank God we have authority over him. We don't let the devil lord things over us. No. As children of God, we have authority. So we take our stand. We stay, take our stand. Staying full of God's word. Full of the word of God. And full of his spirit. We have the spirit of God in us. That will guide us. That will lead us in the way that we should go. He's ever faithful. He is a good God. So we've learned today that we should attend to God's word. We should incline our ears unto his sayings. Don't be the one that is always listening to bad news. With all the things happening in the world. How these people are dying. How this um, what, whatever is happening in the world. If that's what you feed on 24-7, then you're going to be full of fear. When the pressures of life come, it is fear that will come out because that's what you fed on. But incline your ear unto the sayings of the Lord. Is it bad to listen to news? No, it's not bad. But don't stay there 24-7. It's good to find out what's happening around, but don't make your full, don't give your full attention. All you listen to is what bad things are happening. Then fear is going to grip you. Incline your ears unto his saints. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep your gaze on him. Keep looking unto him. The author and finisher of our faith. What are you watching? Whatever thing you're watching is going to come back at you. It's going to come back. The five senses that we have are what we have to relate in the world. Because feeling is a voice of the body. What you see, what you hear, what you feel, what you taste is, you know, your, your senses. That is how you relate with the world. Don't let that control you. Let the spirit of God control you. Let the word of God in your spirit man control you. That's why we need to feed on God's word. Don't be the person that will feed your body so much and let your spirit starve. Feed your spirit man on God's word. Knowing fully well that you are a spirit being. When man dies, when a person dies, the body decays when the person is buried. But the spirit remains. Either will go to heaven or to hell. So it depends on you. You have a choice to make. You have a choice to make. But I want to let you know that God loves you. And that was why he gave us solution. He gave us Jesus. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish. But have life. He's given us life. So it's up to you to choose. What will you choose? Will you choose life today? Choose life. Choose Jesus. And that is life. That is love. That's the love of God. So if you're out there, you're not born again. You want to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. You want to accept him. You can say this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for sending Jesus to die. And he rose again that I might have a new life. Jesus, I accept you now as my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Now and forever, I choose to live my life for you, Lord. 
In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer, you're welcome to the body of Christ. That is what it takes to be born again. That is what it means to accept the love of God. So you have authority over every plan of the devil. You're seated with Christ. You've been delivered from the power of darkness now. Hallelujah. So if you said that prayer, you can contact me via questions at adenikedada.com. Questions at adenikedada.com. Thank you very much for joining me today. Next week is another time.